Welcome to the podcast of St. Basil the Great Catholic Church in Brecksville, Ohio, with homilies, talks, and interviews relevant to your Catholic faith. God bless you, and enjoy. Before I begin, I just want to say I was watching Father Dave bow to the altar, and I was thinking, how many altars and how many times has he bowed on behalf of God in his years of priesthood? And uh, I was really moving back there and thinking, how many Gospels How many sinners has he reconciled to God? How many baptisms? Uh, And I just wanted to say thank you for your witness, Father Dave. (laughs) 875,000. It's a good number. (laughs) Well, we're continuing with our one church, one message theme for the radical year, which is the year getting rooted in God so that we begin we can begin 2021, not in our own efforts, our own ideas, our own plans, but really rooted in God. So that no matter happens this year, we know God's life is touching us, reaching us, and his plans are unfolding. So I want to begin this week with a quote by a French philosopher. Her name is Simone Weil. She's from the 20th century, and she said, two things pierce the human heart. One of them is beauty, and the other is tragedy. What pierces the human heart? What breaks it open? What makes it come alive? I'd like to focus on the, f- the first part of that is beauty. When we encounter some part of creation or we experience something beautiful, it's as if we're living a pop-up book and our life comes alive. When this happens, there's our normal life, and then there was this experience. I just married a couple today, and you could have said, when they met and fell in love. But I remember for me, it was my first assignment. I was assigned to St. Charles Borromeo in Parma, Ohio. I used to call it the concrete paradise, because it's located on Ridge Road, and all you saw was cars and concrete. But I was walking down Charles Avenue, And one of the trees was just starting to get its buds on it in the summertime. And it was these beautiful white and pink buds. And I was going for my evening walk. I remember I stopped and just stared at the tree, probably for a few minutes. It was just so beautiful. I was just, I was in awe. Then about a week later, I was taking another walk. I'm going down Charles Avenue. And now that same tree had turned into normal tree leaves and it looked like every other tree. I'm a little embarrassed to admit, uh, but I cried. Because the beauty from the previous week was gone. Now, either my heart is naive and stupid, or my heart knew something. Beauty makes a promise, not to our minds, but to our hearts. It awakens something in us that says, I want this pleasure, this glory, this goodness, this beautiful moment to last forever. And yet time and time again, beauty dies. And we have to suffer the ache of the loss. And so we're left with a question mark. There's a life we want to live where there's endless, infinite beauty, and then there's the life we experience, and there's a gap. 
This is true for all 8 billion people on the planet right now. Doesn't matter if you're an atheist, Muslim, Jewish, Hindu, Christian, Catholic, Orthodox. Every person has it. And the older we get, the more we cope because we don't like the pain of losing lost beauty. And so what we do is we minimize the desire, but it still flares up. You listen to anyone's story and you find places where desire went unmet. You're going to find a lot of anger waiting for you right there because it hurts. Because we know what we want. What we want is infinite, endless, boundless. So what does our God have to say with such a human experience? Well, thanks be to God, he began to speak into a small group of humanity that he formed and called Israel. This is our Old Testament scriptures, right? He begins to speak to them, and what he reveals to them is this longing, this desire that's awakened by the beauty and goodness of creation and these experiences we have. It's both a remembering and a promise. We're remembering a time that is known as the Garden of Eden. Pope St. John Paul II says, there is still echoes of God's original plan rattling around in us. That tree, ah, and then a week later, ah. It's an echo of, "I, I want a beauty that doesn't fade and doesn't get boring and doesn't leave me. So it's both a remembering and it's a pressing forward into the promised land where desires will be satisfied. And then as God began to work and journey with Israel and they began to realize, boy, we have fallen from paradise and now they're navigating through deserts, war after war, king after king, over and over again, God's beginning to form them and shape them with a singular hope that there's going to be a a mysterious figure or a person and it's going to be the Messiah or the Christ or the Lamb of God. And this figure is going to bring about restoration. Let's put it in the earlier terms. This figure is going to close the gap between the life we're longing for and dreaming for and we sometimes are embarrassed to admit we want and the life we're experiencing. And so Israel knew something we didn't know. They knew that it wasn't up to their intellect, their powers, their money, their prestige. They knew it was up to God simply being faithful to what he promised. All of that was happening in the school of John the Baptist. So cue the gospel today. Here we have two disciples, just the word for student, by the way, in the school of John the Baptist, the last of the prophets. And they would have been formed that I will point out to you the Lamb of God. That's what John the Baptist would have taught his followers. That I know I'm going to be able to point out the one through whom God will bring about restoration. So when he turns to his disciples and he points at this man walking by and says, Behold the Lamb of God. 
His, his two students could not have imagined how amazing that Tuesday, I don't know, Wednesday, <laughs> that day was. Oh my gosh. And they leave John the Baptist and they start following Jesus. And Jesus turns and looks at them. And he says, the first words in scripture from Jesus' mouth, what are you looking for? Two other translations. What are you seeking? What are you desiring? I would have been like an infinite beautiful tree. But see, this is the question. Are you at least in touch with the place in you that flares up once in a while and says, I, want the, I don't want this, this vacation to end. I want my spouse back. I just want to be loved in a way that never fades. I'm sick of people in my life being busy. I want to be seen, known, and loved perfectly. Are you in touch with the thirst and longings? Because Jesus presupposes we are. He says, what are you looking for? And they knew. They said, well, we're looking for you, the one who makes all this come about. And they said, where are you staying? Meaning, we, we need to be around. We need to spend time with you. You have the answer. Now, our translation's really bad. It, it says, Jesus said, come and see. Pope Benedict says, it's, the Greek is more, come and become one who sees. Jesus is saying, come be with me, and I'm going to reveal why there's something rather than nothing. Why God wanted there to be rings on Saturn, blue whales, sunrises, sunsets, and you. Come and you will become one who sees why you have these longings, what God's plan is for fulfilling them, why certain things are suffering in this world, why you're in pain, why you get angry, why you are scared of your hope. Come and you will become one who sees the path that leads to total mind-blowing fulfillment. And it says they went and spent the day with them. Yeah, no kidding. And they come out of this time with Jesus and they go to their brother and says, uh, we have found the Christ. You can stop fishing now. Like, we got, we, we found north on our compass. We're no longer disoriented. In that little exchange, we see what later on in the Gospel of John, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Meaning, I am the way to fulfillment. This is earth, not heaven, but through, with, and in Jesus, heaven really has entered earth, and we have a chance to taste what the Catechism of the Catholic Church calls the Eucharist, the pledge of future glory. What is future glory? That there is infinite beauty that will satisfy your desire. I was not naive when I wanted that beauty to last forever. I was human, and turns out Christian. Jesus is the way. Jesus is the truth. You're not crazy for wanting life to the full. For wanting streaks and colors in your sunset sky that never end. 
to want to have family and friends reconciled, to want peace. He's telling you it's good to want this. And finally, he is the life. Meaning the life that perfectly corresponds to the ache and longing of our life when it is awakened. So in a year where we're talking about the roots of God, getting back in touch with God's roots, what we find is that roots take time to grow, right? You can't put a seedling in and check it every day, see if the roots are growing, you're going to kill it. Come and you will become one who sees. God's grace takes a long time in our lives. That's why he gave us a life and not a day. Will we abide in his school of giving sight to the blind? Will we give time for the roots of God to take hold in the soil of my humanity and yours? So this week, there's two things I'm going to invite you to and offer for you to do to kind of put this in practice. Remember a time where you were super sad that some beauty or goodness ended? And notice how you treated your heart. Maybe it was that great vacation you took several years ago, and you're just like, listen, I got to grow up. Vacations end. I got to be responsible. Get real. Whatever that means. Usually means stop being so human and fit in with the way society wants you to be. Get in touch with how you treated that part of your heart and ask, was God making me a promise? That there's a tree of infinite beauty that never going to fade. There's a vacation of pleasure and joy that will never get old. I will see my mom or dad or spouse or child again. I'm not crazy to want reconciliation. What is he promising me? And how did I respond to the desire? That's the first thing. And the second thing is, if roots take time to grow and so does God's grace, who in my life am I being impatient with because I think they should be holier by now? Tell God I'm busy working for him. (laughs) Who in my life do I need to say, Jesus, I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt that you're at work and it's just not in my timetable, but it is in yours. This passage is why we think everyone should be a Christian. Yes, we want pews full. But above all, we want the fulfillment of human hearts. And that's what Jesus came to do. He came to awaken it and show us the path that leads to glory. God bless. We hope you enjoyed this audio from our parish. You can find other homilies, talks, and interviews at our website, basilthegreat.org or by subscribing to this podcast in your favorite app. Just search for St. Basil Catholic Church Brexville. St. Basil the Great, pray for us.